0: And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to Fastened Like Nails. I'm Mark Hamby,
1: and with me in the studio today is co host Molly Mayo. Hello. Great to have you again, Molly. Thank you. And next to you is sitting
2: Rebecca Bryson. Hello. And
1: next to me is sitting Pastor, Pastor Mr. Colin, Colin Smith. Smith. Yep. I always going to call you Dr. Colin Smith, but that was your guest title. Pastor told. Doctor. Yep. Someday, maybe?
3: Uh, maybe. Okay,
1: we'll see. It's a lot of studying. Uh, yep. Yeah, that kind of drives you to the bottom sometimes. but Madness.
3: Yes. Yeah, correction. it drives you to madness.
1: Okay, so today we're going to be finishing, or not finishing, we're going to continue our study in Proverbs. We left off at verse 7, where the fear of the Lord is the beginning of? Knowledge. Knowledge. Got it. And chapter 9, verse 10, the, beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and uh, it takes 12 lessons, go through 12 wisdom lessons to get from knowledge to wisdom. And in uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, is the introduction to Proverbs, for those that are listening for the first time. And in that introduction, um, he tells us simply about one of the most important details of life, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And Mm -hmm. in that little sentence there, it shows us that Solomon placed sonship first before kingship, mm. because if you're going to be a great king, you have to be first a great son. And David was. Mm. Uh, David was a great son. Solomon was as well. Uh, Solomon wasn't really, he was despised by his other brothers, you know, because they they wanted
3: to be king. I think it was, who was the other, Is it? Well, you had Absalom. Absalom. And then you had, um, who was the guy in First Kings chapter 1? Yeah, I forget. But
1: that's not, that's not important. What's important is, is that Solomon was the son of... Bathsheba? Yeah, Bathsheba, illegitimacy. So he was Mm. really looked down upon. This kid had a rough start. Can you imagine being the one son that's illegitimate and all your brothers and sisters, you're growing up in the midst of all of this. Mm. So he's looked down
3: upon. Especially by Adonijah, the one who really wanted to overthrow him. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And then uh, Solomon um, doesn't do anything against him, too. Solomon could have had him killed, but Solomon... He keeps the peace, Shalom, Solomon, mm-hmm. and he's the peacekeeper. And so uh, in the beginning there, in that introduction, we've got this um, these six children being identified. You know, we've got the simple, and def- define simple.
2: Gullible, easily enticed. Naive.
1: Thoughtless. Um, and that's how we all start. Heel grabber. And, well, <laughs> Jacob. And then after, after you're a simple person, you, then you grow to become a youthful, knowledgeable person. And the only way you can grow in knowledge is how?
2: Fear of the Lord.
1: Yeah, fear of the mm-hmm. Lord. Understanding what God loves and what God hates.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: in developing that. And I and I think this is important. Colin and Rebecca and Molly, um, I shared this yesterday in, uh, in a radio interview in um, Branson, uh, Missouri. It was really cool because I think... We all need to develop our worldview. So, Rebecca, Mm -hmm. have you established, you're 22? I'm 23. 23 years old. Mm -hmm. Have you established a worldview that you live by?
2: I think I have, but it's not clearly defined.
1: Okay. And that's Mm -hmm. that's awesome. It's taken me 50 years to define my worldview. Mm -hmm. It continues to evolve. Mm -hmm. Okay. Colin, do you have a worldview that you live by?
3: I think we all do, but um, like you, mine is still clarifying in the uh-huh. process of clarifying isn't it interesting mm-hmm. that we're all clarifying our world view where does it come from how do you gain this
1: worldview?
2: <laughs> some of
3: it well, it can come from your family mm-hmm. um, some of it can come from your immediate town and city some of it can come from your country mm-hmm. some of it can come from uh, your education. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and some
1: people are nationalists. They take great pride in their country, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. that's where their worldview comes from.
2: Isn't a worldview kind of like based off of and shaped by your beliefs?
0: Yeah. Or absolutely. Is
2: it like a tan- in tandem with your experiences, the people you meet? Yes. Yeah, and your yes. cultural Everything. history,
3: the stories, and the cultural um, mm-hmm. surroundings, you mm-hmm. know? Okay. That's crazy.
1: Okay, but where should it come from?
3: Jesus. Yeah, God's God. Word. Yeah.
1: You know, our, our worldview needs to be, be defined and guided by what God teaches us about who he is and how he wants us to live. Mm-hmm. You know, and he gave the Ten Commandments to be the worldview of Israel. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is the view in which you need to live your life. Mm-hmm. And one of those commandments is honor your father and your mother. We're going to talk about that today. Um, what does it mean to honor your father and your mother? It doesn't say obey your mother and father. Says to honor them. So we're going to look into detail what that really means. Colin, I think it was either your dad or you shared. I think I'm, I thought, it might have been one. Might have been both of you. Oh no! But, but you had shared <laughs> that this was not given to children. This particular command.
3: Yeah. Um, there's, so the one command that Jesus, um, not the one, but one of the commands that Jesus accuses the nation of Israel, particularly the Pharisees and the scribes who are ruling the temple of violating is honor your mother and father. And they had this principle called korban. Oh, yeah. So what you could do is if you wanted to spend your money and you didn't want to support your elderly parents and it was too expensive and it was too much time, what you could do is you could pledge all of your money to the temple and you got to spend it until you died. (laughs) <laughs> so you Crazy, wouldn't be required right? to support your elderly parents with that money. You could go off and spend it how you wanted to. Wow. And they had to fend for themselves because that was the temple's money. But then when you died, it went to the temple and not to anyone else. How mm. many
1: people are doing that today, though? People that, you know, taking care of our elderly parents mm. is something that in America, I mean, we it's easier to ship them off somewhere,
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know, than to take the extreme amount of time and energy and sacrifice that it. That's needed to take care of our elder. My mom is ninety-one right now. Mm. Yep. You know, my dad was when he died. My dad was seventy-six, but we spent four months in the hospital caring for him mm. because we knew that in the hospital he wasn't going to get the care that we knew he deserved. Yeah. You know, I'm watching. I'm watching my wife right now, Molly and Rebecca and Colin. I, I'm so. Blessed by what I'm watching in my wife. If I can be anything like my wife, if I can be 10 percent of what my wife has in her character toward her elderly parents, I I would want that. Yeah. Uh, she last week she went in. And, and I know this Debbie would hate to hear this on the radio, but, so, but I want to. Hopefully, she's not gonna listen to this. <laughs> she went and bought a hundred and fifty dollar shoulder of lamb. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money to pay for. You know. But it was like premium. It was organic. She went and bought that, and she brought it to her parents. She got up at midnight and started cooking it on low so they cooked for 12 hours mm. so that her parents could have this amazing meal. That's mm. what she wanted. Her her dad is has is, um, got some health issues right now. Mm. Um, they're both in their 90s. And um, she and I watched Debbie. She's there. She comes in, and she goes, Dad, um, let's take your sweater off. And she'll start giving him a little neck rub. You know, and I'm, I'm watching Debbie do this throughout the night. She's she's ministering to her parents, giving them honor in the, doing the things that her parents really need right now. Mm-hmm. Her mom needs help in the kitchen, you know, and just she's so she's amazing. I've never seen anyone mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. And it's been in my mom and I, my mom's in her 90s and we clash. <laughs> you know, She's so much like me, you know, or I'm so much like her. And um, it's easy for me to get frustrated, but she has needs too, you know. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. as I'm entering this time of life, these declining days in their lives, I, I've got to look at my life and say, what's most important?
3: Yeah, the, um, in the Ten Commandments, the, uh, they're split up very, very— Jesus, uh, Jesus is wonderful. He explains the law like this. The summation of the law is this. Love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbors yourself. In that, he's not just explaining the whole of the law, every single command. He's explaining the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. So the first half of the commandments have to do with God. And the second half of the commandments have to do with man. Mm -hmm. Right in the middle is this command, honor your your father father and your your mother mother. because they represent God to you. Mm -hmm. And you are ministering to them. You're ministering as if you're ministering (coughs) to God. That's why it says that in your days it may be long upon the land in which you live, the Lord your God is giving you. Mm. So it's a gift of God, and God has given you the land, <coughs> he's given you your family, and as you take care of them, your children see you ministering to them, mm. and then they minister to you. Wow. That's really good.
1: Okay, so back to Proverbs, and we're going to tie all this together. In Proverbs, you have these, these young people that are being described and defined. You've got the simple person, and no one wants to stay as a simple person. You don't want to stay thoughtless and, and gullible and easily enticed Especially when you grow older and you remain a simple person, which a lot of young adults remain simple people. They stay playing their video games. They stay in their house idle. You know, in in Italy right now, a lot of adults in their 40s Mm. are living at home still, living off mom and dad. You know, and I shouldn't just say Italy, and this would be awful if this ended up being recorded in Italy. You know, like why choose our country? Yeah. Well, I'm part Italian, yeah. so I could say this. It's, a, it's in
3: Korea too, and uh, Korea has that a lot. Really, Japan, Korea, oh yeah,
1: in, in, and in the United States here, obviously. <laughs> but
3: I have to say, Japan and, and Korea—they do a wonderful job of honoring their parents. Mm. That's part of the culture that mm-hmm. I wish we had. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay, so you got the simple person. Then you've got a young person who's growing in knowledge. Next, you've got a wise person. Mm-hmm. And what does the wise, wise person do in verse 5? This is very important. What does he do? Hear. He hears. There's your word, Colin. Mm-hmm. Shema. 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 Very important because it's going to come now when we get to verses 8 and 9. It's going to mm-hmm. reappear. And mm-hmm. it's going to connect as mm-hmm. a framing here. So then you have the discerning person. After the wise person. And after this, he says, if you want to understand these proverbs, and again, the word proverb goes all the way back to this root idea of words that rule your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this, the, the first time this root word is used is in Genesis. The sun rules the day and the moon rules the night. And mm-hmm. here we got proverbs, not just these short, pithy statements that have, that are in, have great impact in, with meaning, but they're also... A reflection of the words that are to govern our lives. Mm. And particularly, he says this the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's where our worldview comes in. Our worldview literally is going to be dictated and directed by our understanding of the fear of God. Mm-hmm. You know, our both fear, being afraid of, and also our reverence. You know, just mm-hmm. really understanding who is this God? You know, do we really respect him enough to reverence him enough to do whatever it takes to learn more about him mm. and to live according to his rules, just as a proverb, the rules that were to that are to govern our lives. So he says this, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and correction. And then later we're going we're gonna to look at it. It's going to bring another person into view and he's going to be the, the despiser or the mocker. And so you've got the simple... The youthful knowledgeable, the wise, you've got the discerning person, and then you've got the fool. And the fool, what does he do? He hates wisdom and he hates correction. That sets us up for the very first lesson in wisdom. The first lesson is here in verse eight. My son, Molly, you want to read it?
2: Sure. I says, My son, hear the instruction of your father. Can you stop there. Yeah. What's the word? The correction.
1: No. Before that. Here? Here. It brings us right back to the wise person hears.
2: Oh, cool. If
1: the son is going to be wise, he mm. first needs to hear. The very first thing he needs to do is hear. Mm.
2: Is the word instruction also correction? Yeah, it's the okay. same word. So is there like a framing device there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep, musar. And, and that's what people have difficulty with is being corrected. Mm-hmm. You know? my Growing up, we all had trouble with being corrected, right? You don't like mm-hmm. being corrected. I don't, know, Colin. I can kind of picture you standing there in front of your dad, like, "Okay, Dad, I'll do
3: it." <laughs> um, yeah, I know. He, yeah, he, he was pretty, pretty good at giving correction uh, when he wasn't busy. Uh-huh. But when he was busy, he was kind of just like, "Ah, do this, do that." Kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think as a son, um, for me, correction, um, like redirection. Mm. Um, I was the youngest, so I watched my other brothers
2: sort of <laughs> run up against
3: my dad <laughs> yep. for that many years. That by the uh, end of that time, <laughs> I was very much like, okay, fine. I don't want what they had. There's something
2: something to that birth yeah. order. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Okay, now, so two main things
1: here. Number one, here is the word Shema. Here means to obey. So, the son, in order to really get this, to live in the fear of God, mm. you have to really learn what it means to obey. Because if you can't obey God, man or your dad or your mom, mm. you'll never be able to learn to obey God.
2: Mm. That's
1: why this is the very first lesson.
2: That's good.
1: Kids, learn to obey your parents. If you can't obey your parents, you won't obey God. Mm. Simple yep. as that, right? You know, Robert Lewis in his amazing book, uh, Raising a Modern Day Knight, the first three principles of biblical manhood, a will to obey, a work to do, a woman to love. You will never be able to have a woman to love and enjoy that love, unless you have a work to do, and you'll never really have a good work to do unless you first have a will to obey. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that's so important. You know it's just, you know, really cause that verse I found in in Jeremiah chapter twenty nine, verse seven. Mm-hmm. You know, in regard to work, in regard to humility and and submission to authority, it says this: It says, "Wherever you are, um, work to make the place that you're been called to, where God brings you, work to make them prosperous." And in so doing, you will become prosperous. Mm. Yeah. How many of us get into a situation where we're like, I don't like it here, yeah. you know, and then I want to get out of here. And you become, you become miserable. Everyone around mm-hmm. you becomes miserable. Mm-hmm. And you leave with this bitter taste in your mouth rather than leaving with this a sense of I am going to make this the mm-hmm. best place in my life. That, yep. that happened to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I praise God. Folks, if you're listening, <laughs> that's a funny thing to say. Folks, if you're listening to this, well, I guess if you're not listening to this, you're not even hearing this. This is true. <laughs> paying attention. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you're paying attention. Wake up. There is a book called Tale of Three Kings. If you've not read that book, you must read that book immediately. If you're facing any kind of conflict in your life, struggle, Gene uh, Edwards wrote the book, I don't know, what, 30, 40 years ago at least.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's a book that... Um, Um, teaches David. David is being used in this book to find out what will it take for him to become the next king. And what it takes is he needs an Absalom in his life who's going to try to kill his father. It's going to take a Joab in his life who's going to try to usurp his authority. And it's going to take a Saul in his life to throw spears at him and try to kill him. Mm. And God uses those three usurpers to teach David the lessons that he needs Mm -hmm. in order for him to become king. And, um, it is. It's an amazing book. And so I highly recommend Tale of Three Kings. And you go to the Lamplighter website to find it or go on Amazon to find it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that is essential, this idea of submitting to authority. I was in a situation as a young man, as a pastor, and for the first five years, I did not like submitting to authority. Um, every Friday, I would have to listen to all the things I did wrong from my superior. He had a page, a list of things that I had to work on that were And I hated it until finally, one day, I got it. And it was in this amazing chapter in Numbers Mm -hmm. where uh, Miriam and Aaron are talking behind the back of Moses and being like really critical of him. Like, who does he think he is being, you know, he's God's leader. And then God strikes Miriam with leprosy. Mm -hmm. Now, that changed my life because at that moment, I had to go back to my superior and say, hey, I, I repent, I'm, I apologize, wow. I, I'm so sorry. From now on, moving forward, I'm gonna lift you up um, like you're my father. I am gonna lift you up in the eyes of everyone in this church, I'm gonna help you to become successful. And as soon as I did that, Colin,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Molly and Rebecca, God transformed my future. It was amazing, immediately. Wow. The, the, next, the next church meeting that we had was an annual meeting, they gave me this huge raise. It was amazing. I was like, wow. I wasn't even expecting it. Mm-hmm. You know, what a blessing. You know, I, was mm-hmm. just, I started to have kids. We had three kids. And, and mm-hmm. uh, it just, and God started opening doors for me to speak. And all these things happen as a result of that. There's no question about it. However, How was
2: your relationship with the guy? Today? Or, or through that process? Did it, did it grow through that?
1: He continued to have Friday meetings and tell me everything that I did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Did the situation get any better? Or?
1: No. Wow. Except for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It didn't bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. I stopped throwing up at 7 o'clock every Friday morning. Aww.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I had joy. Um, I, I was like, okay, what am I supposed to learn? For? Help me to grow, Lord. Mm-hmm. These, obviously, you placed this man in
3: my life for me to learn some things, so help me to learn. I think it's one of the essence of people think tyranny is, is really is someone who's at the top. But tyranny lives in your own heart tyranny mm. the essence of tyranny is uncertainty not certainty Ooh. and you try to enthrone yourself so when someone's over you and you're a Whoa. tyrant you want to overthrow them Whoa. and the same thing's true with god and the the remedy for tyranny is a simple it's a certain and firm belief that god is good and he's your father
1: praise god i'm so excited about this this is going to be one of my favorite podcasts Aww. Okay, what you just said is so important because that, I think, is the hub of a really sound biblical worldview, mm-hmm. that God is good. That's mm-hmm. got to start there. Mm-hmm. Most people have conflict in life because they don't really believe that God is good.
3: Yeah, and everything he has for you is for your own good.
1: All things work. Mm-hmm. God is good. Everything works together for good. God keeps his promises, all 8,767 <laughs> of them, give or take a few hundred. And God allows and causes suffering to grow
3: our character. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're if you're in if you're in a position where you're suffering, and the thing challenges you, if you're truly following Jesus, it'll make you more like Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's for your own good mm-hmm. and for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And this is, kind of goes into like, God doesn't bring things about in your life for your own destruction. Um, I think of the book of Genesis. What does Joseph say to his brothers?
1: You meant it for evil,
3: but God meant it for good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He understood it. He understood the lesson at the beginning of the book. <gasps> Eve refused to believe because mm-hmm. Satan had him, her doubt that. Is he really doing mm-hmm. this for your good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good.
1: Okay, this is exciting. So that brings us to um, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, and here's the verse lesson. Molly, you want to read it again, please?
2: My son, hear the instruction or correction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother.
1: Hmm. Will... The, the word forsake is the idea of don't neglect it. So obey the correction of your father, and don't neglect the... Torah, the teaching of your mother, mm-hmm. um, or there'll be an ornament of grace. Uh, isn't it an ornament of grace? An ornament of favor mm-hmm. um, to your head. That word "head" is not the word for literally so much as your head, top of your head. It's the word for it'll allow you to become to enjoy favor in the chiefest places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nicole. Yep. Now, having said this, this, is the first. This is the first lesson. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Honor. And don't neglect.
3: Mm.
1: Obey and don't neglect. Mm-hmm. Your mother, your father, your father's correction, your mother's teaching. Now I'm about to. We're going to come to a close in this broadcast. <laughs> and Molly, I'm going to ask you a question. This okay. is not going to be easy. Okay. So Molly, <clears throat> let's say you were my daughter. Okay. Okay, you ready for this?
2: Uh, yes.
1: And let's say you did something that I felt was a little bit disrespectful. Okay. Okay. And I want you to really, like, we got to really, like, pretend. We got to – I want you to vicariously experience this.
2: Okay. It doesn't sound pleasant.
1: Okay. Let's say that at this moment you said something disrespectful. And let's say it was on air here. <gasps> <gasps> oh. Sorry, I'm just setting the mood. That's horrible.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: And then all of a sudden I just, right. I just looked over at you and I went – and I just spit in your face.
2: <gasps>
3: <gasps> so I'm still setting the mood. <laughs>
2: Yikes.
1: What would you do? I want you to really think it through right now. What would you do if I actually did that for everyone to hear?
2: Like live broadcast? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Whoa. <laughs> uh, what is
3: this, the BBC? Go ahead. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know. Um,
1: and Rebecca's sitting over there. Colin is sitting over there. And everyone's like, what on earth just happened?
2: So... So if I were if I were really saying really disrespectful things, well, like and, you said
1: it, but you don't. You,
2: you felt you were right, though. Mm. I, it sounds like I'm pretty upset, anyways. So I would pro- like my gut instinct, just hearing you say that, I'd probably like want to kick you, but I think I'd probably just walk away.
1: You'd be mm-hmm. gone. Get Close my car door.
2: and drive off.
1: <laughs> you probably hit your head in the door and you're walked out. Of probably, here. <laughs>
2: probably I would I would hurt myself all the way, like on accident, because I'm clumsy when I'm upset.
1: Okay, and so this is not going to be an easy one to get over with, right?
2: That that yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that would be my first like sinful instinct. I don't think I could could flip it and be like, oh, I'm sorry. You'd feel
1: really ashamed, wouldn't you?
2: If you spit, okay, yes, but okay. I think I'd have the sympathy of.
1: Colin and Rebecca. Colin and Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Now, if this okay.
2: were. Uh- in front of people on the stage, like at the guild or something, I would have, probably, I would have been horrified and shocked.
1: Okay, let's do it in front of the guild. Every, this is in front of everybody. <gasps> yeah. Okay.
2: I don't know. I don't think I'd ever get over that.
1: Okay, probably mm-hmm. not, right? No, definitely not. Okay, and for those of you that are hearing this, you're probably wondering, like, where is he going with this? You know mm-hmm. where I'm going with it? No. <laughs> Rebecca? No. In Numbers chapter 12, mm. it says this. Now, this is when Miriam and Aaron were speaking against Moses. Verse 1 says, Miriam and Aaron, chapter, Numbers chapter 12. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. Um, They didn't like like who he married. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not also spoken through us? What? What happens here is that when people start to become too familiar with position and they don't respect the leadership that God has placed in their lives, Mm -hmm. just like that what happened to David and Saul and Absalom mm-hmm. and Joab, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're thinking like, well, who does he think he is? You know, yep. like I could have thought about my pastor. Mm-hmm. Who does he think he is to talk to me mm-hmm. that way? Instead of me saying, what is God trying to teach me right now? Like you said,
2: yep. you
1: know, the tyranny in my own heart. Yep.
2: I think it's very easy, at least for me, when things like that happen in my life to, in my mind, play like i'm a victim of circumstance
1: absolutely like i
2: go there and and so that's something that's hard to get over
1: yeah
3: just in general yeah the the tyrant is nothing more than the rebel in charge Mm. and it's the heart of a rebel is the heart of a tyrant Mm. is unwilling to submit to leadership
1: okay this is we're going in the right direction what does this have to do with spit i don't know (laughs) okay verse three molly you want to read that
2: uh, now the man Moses. Oh no! I'm
1: sorry. I missed the, just before it says verse three. The the that little sentence just before it. And the
2: Lord heard it.
1: <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. The Lord heard it.
2: That's funny.
3: Because they spoke and the Lord heard. <laughs> yeah, they spoke wow. and God's listening.
1: Okay, it's like let's. Okay, uh, you guys are talking against Moses. Let's find out what's going on here. God's God's like got a listening ear. Okay, let's hear more of this.
2: Well, I think also like that totally. But then also they were saying it to Moses. They were thinking about like who they were saying it to in a very physical sense. But they forgot like God. God's the one who knows all those things. Is very clearly not true.
1: So they should have brought it to God.
2: Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah.
1: Like God. Hey, I don't know why this is going on right now. This person's not treating me well. Um, this person just spit in my face, Lord. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going.
2: Uh, now, the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who are on the face of the earth.
1: Oh, so Molly, since this would be describing me, would just spit in <laughs> your face. Wait, wait, wait. I'm Miriam and, uh, and Aaron. Yeah, you're Miriam. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, keep oh, going. Boy.
2: Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Wait, how did he say it? Suddenly.
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? God breaks in upon this. He has an Uzza experience. Mm. God breaks in at this moment. Wow. Okay. He's
2: he's got cool timing there. Uh, So he says, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. (laughs) Just
1: picture this, guys. So Rebecca, Molly, and me, we're somewhere, right? And we're having this argument, right? And all of a sudden, you hear the voice of God. Come mm-hmm. out here, you three.
2: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> It'd be kind of like the
1: Wizard of Oz, you know? Like, mm-hmm. who are you to come here? Uh-huh. Oh, dear. Okay, keep reading. This gets this gets intense.
2: So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam.
1: Whoa. Can you imagine? No. This, this is very much—I mean, it's for terrifying. those of you listening, I'm not really—you know, really— promoting the Wizard of Oz, but it's the only thing I can think of, the (laughs) intensity of it.
2: And they both went forward. Then he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, Mm. I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream.
1: Okay, stop. Uh, Read this a little differently. This is what God says first. Ready? Hear my words. Mm. Hear my words. Mm. You know, they're all they're thinking about, they're thinking about what they want to say. Mm-hmm. They're, they're upset about their thoughts about Moses and all this stuff. And that's what happens. When we get away from God, we start seeing other people through our own eyes. Mm-hmm. We see their flaws. You mm-hmm. know, we see their tyranny. We, we see problems with them. We don't see problems with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God is bringing this whole thing around and saying, hey, listen to me. Listen to what I have said.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay? Keep going. So not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house.
1: Wow. And that's also a reflection of who in the book of Hebrews?
3: Oh, faithful in all the house. Yeah. Moses and Jesus. Yeah. Huh.
1: Jesus was faithful in all his house. That's
2: crazy. Yeah. And that's why
1: this is so so essential right now. Um, Hmm. Because this is a reflection of what Jesus is going to be doing. Hmm. It's why it's so important. You see, Jesus had the ultimate submission yieldedness to his father. Hmm. He was the ultimate son. You know, um, it says in the book of Hebrews chapter five, it says, um, though he was a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Mm. Whoa. Though he were a son, mm-hmm. yet learned he obedience to the things which he suffered. Mm. You know, so many times, I think sometimes our children get off scot-free and God's like, no, there's some lessons here that need to be learned. Okay, keep, keep going.
2: I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Mm. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous wow. as white as snow.
1: White as snow. She's like whew. Mm-hmm. And both Aaron and Moses are looking at her, and what does Moses do immediately? Throws a bucket of water on her. <laughs> No,
3: not really. <laughs> <laughs> you know the irony here? What? You know what the irony is here? It's, it's it's this back chapter back. starts out with the bu- a problem with a woman with dark skin, and they get light skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Whoa. oh, it's so fun. Do you think that's intentional? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I never thought of that.
2: Wow.
3: <laughs> oh, God cool, has such a great sense of humor.
1: They're against the Kushite Ethiopian woman who's dark. Moses' wife. Were they really racist?
3: Well, I don't think it was racism like we would understand today, but I think the dark color of her skin... Um, Was just a feature of her, but he turns them into the opposite. Like if you're proud of your color of your skin, we'll give you white. Whoa! (laughs) You want? Whoa!
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll let it rot off your flesh. Wow, that is intense.
2: That's crazy.
1: Colin, great insight. That's so cool. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Okay, here here we come. The drum roll. But um. Okay, here it is. And Aaron said to Moses, "Oh my Lord, do not punish us." Whoa! He calls Moses his Lord. Aaron's putting himself mm-hmm. in, the right, in the right position right now.
2: Is that appropriate?
1: Yeah. The Lord is not L-O, capital L-O-R-D. It's, oh. it's um, Baal here. It's the word for um, you know, servant-master relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. oh, oh, my Lord, do not punish us. See, Aaron gets it right away. Mm. Miriam doesn't.
2: We've done this foolishly. Is that why God did that to Miriam? Because he knew where Aaron's heart was? I think so. That's cool.
1: Um, l- l- listen to what he says. Lord, do not punish us because we have done foolishly and have sinned. He, Aaron gets it. Yeah. Aaron gets it. Yep. Let her not be as one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of the mother's womb. Wow. Mm-hmm. She must have really taken a pounding right now. Mm-hmm. Her flesh is being eaten away. She's not only white, but her flesh is falling off. Mm-hmm. That's most, cool
2: that Aaron's sticking up for her like that.
1: Yeah. And Aaron's repentance is amazing here. We've done foolishly. We have sinned. Uh He gets it. She Mm -hmm. doesn't get it. She's still ticked off. Remember, this is Moses' sister. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of jealousy going on here. Moses has married this other woman, and the inheritance of Moses is going to go to this other woman now. So there's a lot at stake here, not just this marriage that she doesn't like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of money involved, and and she's a woman, so Mm -hmm. she's got a lot at stake.
3: Well, Miriam is a figure in general. I think the Hebrews... They would admit it, and Jewish people would say it today. She's a figure that has a whole lot of chutzpah. Yeah. I mean, she hides Moses in the reeds, and then she goes to Pharaoh's daughter and says, Oh, yeah. I'll I'll take care of that baby for you. That's chutzpah. She's done it all. She's been there from the beginning. Yeah. She's
1: been the older sister that's taken care of her little baby brother, and now her baby brother is turning against her, so it seems.
2: She sounds like a strong woman.
1: (laughs) She is. She She reminds me of somebody. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have anybody in mind in this, okay. In this, in this okay. room. Okay, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you ready, guys? Mm-hmm. Verse, tw- verse, uh, thirteen. And Moses cried to Yahweh, "O Elohim, please heal her. Please notice mm-hmm. the frame. Mm-hmm. Please heal. Please. Mm-hmm. Do you not have that in yours?
2: My version left a word out. I think.
1: Oh no! What did they leave out? Please. Oh, it's mm-hmm. it's recorded twice. Oh, God, please heal her, please. But the Lord, but, uh-oh, but Yahweh said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, she should not be shamed. Should she not be shamed seven days? Mm. Whoa. What does that mean?
3: She's ceremonially unclean.
1: Oh.
3: For okay. Seven days, yeah.
1: yeah. But what else about the spitting in the face? Any she idea? was
3: spitting in Moses' face? Um,
1: yeah, yeah, in a sense, but uh. had her father—listen to what it says.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be shamed seven days? If her father had not taken the initiative to discipline her when she needed it when she was young. Oh, wow. If if she's going to be shamed by her—in in, in this time period— A father who had spit in his daughter's face, she would be set aside for seven days unceremonial, unclean. But she would be cast aside for seven days and not be able to be in her father's favor for seven days. Mm -hmm. Talk
2: about humbling.
1: Yes. And what he's saying there, far better is it for your father to have spit in your face and to be ashamed in that way rather than to be ashamed by the divine. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Rather than God spit in your face. Mm -hmm. It's so important that we as parents understand this extremely important responsibility to discipline our children when it's needed. Because if they do not get it now, they're not going to get it later when God has to discipline them. And it's far better to go through that intense, you know, being confronted, being corrected, you know, by your, by your parents so that God doesn't have to do it later. Mm. Mm. So um, this is a very important principle here for both parent and child. You know, um, you know, if you if you correct your child early, you'll not have to do it later. We're we're entering into a generation of of young adults who are not disciplining their children. Um, they're not doing things God God's way. They, this whole, there's a whole new branding, so so to speak, of um, you know never having to spank a child. Now, I think we don't want to spank. A child just for the sense of spanking. I would. I would mm-hmm. only spank a child today for the for purposeful disobedience after mercy has been exhausted. Mm-hmm. But spanking is necessary. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have you say on air if you spank your children because a social worker probably come and take your kids away. But
3: yeah, I think it's important to discipline your children. I think. I, I think you're right. Um, unfortunately, I think too along with that. Um, You know, it used to be you'd buy a dime novel back in the day and you'd Mm -hmm. sit your kids down and they'd read the dime novel and you go do something. Then it was the radio. Then it was the television. Now it's tablets. Mm. The temptation to Mm. not discipline your children is also a temptation to sort of poison them and get them drunk on some Mm. sort of form of entertainment so Mm. that they're so mindless that they're not, you know, I don't know what the word would be, uh, rambunctious enough to rebel. And that as well is a form of, like, I'd say, Horrible neglect in in parenting, Mm. deferring the ability to rule. Because when you're going to – when your kids are like healthy Mm -hmm. and they're they're kids and they got this amongst mind, you're going to need to discipline them because healthy kids do do that. Mm -hmm. Because their minds are active and they're sinners. Mm -hmm. But the opposite of like people who have well-behaved kids but they're just like brain dead. Mm -hmm. So you want your kids to be having a live brain. But then when they have their light brain, brain, the problem is you have to discipline them. Mm. You have to rein that in. And that's just part of human activity. And deferring that responsibility is deferring the job that God has given you. Mm. He's, he's given you this job to take this little human and mold them <laughs> and to teach them, you know, set up the boundaries on either side, just like he does in Proverbs with mm. us, mm-hmm. to teach us. And that's our job. <clears throat> and so, yeah, absolutely, Mark. I would agree with you. Discipline is essential mm. to a healthy kid
1: discipline, correction, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's a, it's more intense verbally. Yep. Um, but we have to understand that we have to do it God's way, you know, there's got to be this, this balance between, um, mercy and truth. Um, God's Mm mercy is to a thousand generations, his, his judgments to the third and fourth. Yesterday I was on a, I was on four airplanes, um, from (laughs) Rochester to Atlanta and, um, as I walked up and down the aisles, you know, going to the bathroom, getting up and actually stretching a little bit, I saw – I don't think I saw anybody not watching a video.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: This was at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> 6.30 in the morning, people are watching movies. I'm like, what's going on? Kids are watching movies. And through the whole thing, it's like this is my time to do this. So we're, we're entering into that kind of generation where I think it's going to affect – in their elderly lives where their children are no longer going to ta- honor their parents yeah. because their parents are not fulfilling the responsibility of disciplining their children when they're young mm-hmm. it it is we we are in a
3: epidemic well, we have this tiny bit of it coming over from the 80s when everyone wanted to watch sitcoms and go to sleep and eat tv dinners and mm-hmm. work long so they can have a job in a car but they neglected their kids mm-hmm. that was the beginning of the trend but right now i can't even imagine what we're going to be in in twenty mm-hmm. years no. with the, with tablets and smartphones and everything mm-hmm. it's going to be like that on steroids
1: I'm watching parents do it all the time now giving their kids a an iPhone they're watching videos I'm, I'm seeing it in, in people that are close to me it's it's like commonplace you know yeah. you don't have anything in front of these children in fact the 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 science is out there that children that watch anything that is um, a, m- that is a movie that is um, Transitioning every two to four seconds on the screen has a permanent effect upon their, on uh, their um, brain development. It Rewires their brain. It does. It helps them. It starts to make them think in two to four second increments. But Mark,
3: do you think in any way, if you're if you're if you're really saturated the Word of God, that doesn't rewire your yeah, brain? Absolutely. Isn't that amazing? Oh, cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Praise for God. the good. Yeah. And so it's it's your brain does need to be rewired, but it needs to be mm. tuned into.
1: Yeah the Bible. So that leads us to the end of this. And Rebecca, this is the reason you're here today. Um, what does it mean to honor your father and your mother? And um, Colin, you're, you said that this I, is,
3: this I can tell you right now what I think. Okay, go ahead. Okay. If you're looking at this passage in, in Numbers 12, it, it starts and ends uh, verse 5 and verse 9. In verse 5, the Lord goes down. Mm. And in verse 9, he goes up. And so you have this kind of schiastic he structure here. It begins with the words and ends with speaking. You go closer, you have visions and dreams, and then you have face-to-face, see the form of the Lord. Right in the middle, you know what the center of this passage is? What? Riddles. He's faithful in all my house. Oh. And you know what Hebrew says about faithful? Huh. Believing God exists and he's the rewarder of those who seek. Hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the good father. Seeking. So I, I would say that faithfulness is the key. That's really cool. That's, That's what I would
2: beautiful. say. How does God being faithful tie in with honoring your parents?
3: Yeah, it's, it's great. That's a great question. Um, God is faithful, or Moses is faithful. And this is why God honors Moses right? And that faithfulness as Hebrews, Hebrews is a wonderful resource for talking about Moses and Jesus, Mm -hmm. faithful in all the household. Faith in Hebrews 10 and 11 is defined as believing God exists and he rewards those who seek them. Mm -hmm. So honoring God and faithfulness go hand in hand. Moses honored God by being faithful to him. Being faithful is believing he exists and believing he's good. He rewards you. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about your parents, you have to believe God put them there for your good.
1: Right. He put mm. them there for your good. Oh, that's good. And you
3: have to believe that they were put over you for a reason, Whoa. even if you can't see it.
1: That's mm. really good. And you Let's honor see. them, even though you may not agree with them. Yeah. And we're going to talk, mm. we
3: can talk next time about how parenting, you have to transition from being the absolute authority when they're rebelling. Instilling biblical principles in them and then stirring up those biblical principles inside of them mm. so that they can they can begin to choose the good. Mm. And you have to get take this role of almost like David and Solomon, where you're the advisor and you let your children kind of take the helm, but you stir up those godly principles. And if you believe that inside of them the Holy Spirit exists, you have to stir that up mm. at some point. You have to appeal to them on that basis. And and that's the as in parenting, you kind of eventually start to take a back seat and then they're driving you. And this is why it's so important to start from a young age teaching them biblical principles mm-hmm. so that when they're older, that they will have those principles deeply embedded in them and then the Spirit will be working and stirring mm. them up to godliness.
1: That's good. Paul said that to Timmy. I'm going to stir up the gift yes. that is in you. The...
3: That's where I get it from, yes. Yeah, really? Oh, cool.
1: Yes. Cool. Um, you know, there's a song that um, really reflects on a lot of what we've talked about. Um, he's a good, good father. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it would be good if we could just play a little bit of that and for the folks to listen to that. And um, as you do, um, let's remember that that is, that is why um, we need to love God because he loves us so mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. and he's worthy of our, our honor and as well as our parents. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, uh, thank you for listening to another Fasten Like Nails. Mm-hmm. God bless. Hopefully, God's words of delight, truth, and wisdom will be fastened Like Nails in your life today.
0: That you're pleased and that i never You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. been listening to fastened like nails a presentation of lamplighter ministries our mission is to make ready of people prepared for the lord by building christ-like character one story at a time to learn more about our family collection of rare books dramatic audios or guild programs visit lamplighter.net to hear more podcasts search for fastened like nails wherever you listen to podcasts if you have a question you would like to submit for the lamplighter team Visit FastenedLikeNails.net and fill out the form. That's FastenedLikeNails.net From the creative minds and talents behind Lamplighter Theatre. I've never seen anything like it. This summer, Lamplighter presents The Lamplighter Guild. A week of mentoring and apprenticeship in the dramatic arts. Learn script writing, music composition, sound design, directing, and voice acting from world-class professionals. Registration for the Lamplighter Guild is limited. So sign up today at Lamplighter.net. Lamplighter.net.